You're listening to audio from Cornerstone Church. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Let's jump in. So anyway, um, so let's go on this new series we're going to do right now. And uh, what I'll do is I'll tell you the new series and then I'll put this QR back up for the Christmas for you before I show scriptures, okay? But the new series we're going to do, we're going to put it on the screen for you here. And we're going to talk a little bit about hope, faith, and love, but um, the different different messages, different um, contexts around this, but centered around the idea of hope um, and the, the idea of, of believing again, trusting and, and putting yourself out there a little bit in the way of the Lord. And so um, in this series, as we do, we're going to talk a little bit about faith. We'll talk about hope, we'll talk about love. And you know the scripture, if you've read this before in First Corinthians 13, I don't have this for you, but um, when it talks about all these different things that are possible and all these different things that are available, he says, out of all of these things, these things remain, these three. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. The greatest. Now, I'm not talking about love today. I could. But when he's referring to love, he's not referring to like Valentine's Day love or emotional love. He's referring to the God agape. It's a God-centered love. It is not what we are accustomed to here in the States. But um, it's the God kind of love. It's, it's a... It's the kind of love that when you don't want to deal with your children on something, it would be easier just to let it go. You deal with it. It's the kind of love that protects. You know, some people think that love means you just let everything go. You don't. True love in its purest form of God, God protects. God, uh, he helps. He provides. He He comes alongside. Yes, but... Um, True God kind of love is something that's so missing right now. I was telling Haley, um, little side note, it's not a soapbox, but I won't get on it, but I will just kind of tiptoe on it a little bit. But one of the greatest things missing right now in our country is love. It really is. It's so far removed from our culture right now. And that's why you see some of these infighting that you see, the division you see, politics, you name it, whatever. I mean, we cut up, you know, in fun, me and, you know, Steve and everybody else about our favorite sports teams. It's not going to really matter much anyway what they fiddle around with. Between Michigan and Ohio, they know what's coming anyway, so it ain't going to matter. <laughs> I hope to God we win now. <laughs> I never really mess with them too much, but, you know, I figured why not today. He started it, so. But that's just some fun. You know, in the end, it's just fun. We cut up and we're done with it. We're not going to get in fights over it. Uh, did you, I don't know if you saw this in the, in the, well, I don't plan to get in a fight over it. Okay. Maybe they, that, that rivalry over there is pretty deep, but did you see the, uh, was it the, in England or in the UK, whatever they call it, football, but it's soccer. We call it soccer. But did you see the game? Was it rugby or football? Whatever it was. Did you see it where they broke out? The fans broke out and started fighting over a stupid ball game. I mean, a literal fans, a crowd, a mob fight broke out over a leather filled with air and, and probably some Heineken's. I don't know who, why it's because it's just absence of love. So I say that because it doesn't mean though, you just let everything go either because in our country, we just won't do anything. We're just afraid to do anything. Can't do a thing anymore because somebody's going to put us on the, uh, on, the, on the phone. Somebody's going to say something about it. Somebody's going to put... 
So no one can do anything. Everybody's afraid to do anything that it needs to be done. You know, like organized crime, for instance. You've heard about this? Well, how do you deal with that? Well, our first, being police officers on that side of it, what they feel right now is they have to be so careful. So somebody steals something, why should they have to feel to be careful? I mean, smack that son of a gun to the ground, cuff him, and take him back. You know what? It don't take long, and then you stop it. But they can't, because you know what? Corporate, don't touch them. Just let them go. Let them steal stuff. And what we'll do is just we'll upcharge all of us for their theft. But just let them get away with it. So you let that get away. So when that, now, well, now they're going to steal cars. Well, then we're going to do this. Whatever. Or are the fights in the thing? Well, we can't do anything. Can't do anything security can't because we've been told not to mess with them. Let them fight it out and it'll be okay. Love does what's best. What is best? And that means sometimes it's a difficult thing to hear, but people think God is this mean God, and he is not mean. He is not. He has made a covenant promise to his people. He's made a covenant promise to you. And he's not going to let evil reign. I've never thought I would ever see a day where people have sympathy for terrorists. Especially here. After what we experienced, after what we saw, and if you're older or if you're younger, you, you, you've heard about it, you've read about it. But it's, it's like for those who were alive when they were alive during Pearl Harbor. I wasn't. I can read about it, and I can understand it, and I can hear the stories, and it, it moves me. But it doesn't move me like it did when 9-11 hit. It, I, you know, I'm in Oklahoma, in Tulsa, and everything just, our school... And everything, we're a place, we're a school of faith. I mean, you got a big faith shield on the school. We're talking about faith all the time. The whole school stopped because it was that jarring to everyone. If you're Christian or not, prayed up or not, filled with the Spirit or not, it don't matter. Something like that, it stops you for a moment. And you don't know, really. okay, well, uh, what do we pray for? What are we going to do here? And people blame our reaction for it, but I mean... What would you do if somebody punched you in the nose? I mean, okay, maybe you wouldn't do anything, but what if they come after your family? See, you know in your heart, love reacts. I mean, you may not want to, don't push me, don't ask me, don't get, I don't want to get involved, but if you, if you cross the line, then I'm going to react. That's love. I love my family. I don't let somebody hurt my family. If I can do anything, I'll do anything I can to protect them. That's love. I'm not preaching on love today. I just want to share with you as we go into this because if I talk about hope or faith or anything else, all this stuff works by love. None of it works if you don't have an understanding about love. And I'm not going to teach on it. We'll teach about it later in the series. But today we're talking a little bit about hope. Just briefly, hope beyond the moment that you're in right now. Right now. So I don't know if you've ever had a bad day, but I'd like to see you raise your hand just to engage with me on this. If you've ever had what's called a bad day would you lift your hand right now? Look around the room. I want you to see this. Look around. Seriously. I want you to see it is normal. We all have bad days. We have all had bad days. So when you have one, you just saw the whole room was filled. If you're watching online, the whole place, lift your hands. Everyone has had a bad day and you will have another one. Praise the Lord. You know, like just, yeah. 
You're going to have another one. So watch this. How many of you have ever had a good day? Would you lift your hand, raise your hand up high and hold it for a minute. Now look around the room again. We've all had good days. We've all had good days and we've all had bad days. You're going to have another good day. And that's what, that's what we look forward to. I say that because in Christianity, sometimes there's an idea that says, if I have a bad day or I go through a bad month, I won't get further than this. I just did the day, okay? I've had a bad month, Pastor. I've had a bad year. I'm already, I was looking for 2024 like three months ago, you know? Like, I mean, I get it. We've all been there. Let me just show you this. If you've ever had a difficult season in your life that was really, really tough, would you lift your hand for me, please? Just up high. Look around the room. I'm telling you that because you're not, the, the enemy will tell you you're the only one. No one else deals with the pressures of what you have in your life. You're the only one. And so what he does by doing that, he will make you feel isolated like you just don't fit in. You're not enough. God doesn't love you. Where's God? And, you know, you're just not strong like those other people. Not true. Everybody goes through difficult seasons. But it, there's this idea sometimes in Christianity that says, if I go through a bad day or a bad season, God either, either is not with me, there's something I've done wrong, where it turns into this, where is God? It's almost like this Job mentality that just jumps on us so fast. And this happened with the disciples, it happened with the apostles, it happened with the epistles that you read in there, the stories in the epistles, Ephesians and all. All these different books of the Bible you have, it happens to all of them. I mean, Paul, if you want to talk about a bad day, his brother had a, like a bad life. When he converted to Christianity, all you see about him is being beaten, shipwrecked, left for dead, threw him out of the city more than once. I mean... I have to say now he was hit with rocks because the Bible says stone, but now today it's like, it's not recreational. It's not drugs. Like he was hit with rocks. That's what it means to be stoned in the Bible. Bap, bap, bap. And he decides to go back for more. You can talk about us having a bad day. That's a bad, that's a bad life. But Paul gave us clues and instruction. Like when you go through difficult circumstances, the number one thing you must not do is think that somehow, some way, God stepped out of your situation and he's over here while he's watching you go through all you. Because that's not a good theological position in Christianity. That is, uh, it'll get you in a bad spot with God. Because watch this. Well, he, I guess he left me out over here because everything was bad. I'm going through a hard time. It's difficult. Can't pay my bills. My husband's mad at me. The kids won't listen. The job stinks. Whatever. God, where are you at? Where are you at? Now watch this. All of a sudden, somebody gives you like a million bucks. Woo, praise. I mean, you come to church like, woo, woo, woo. You need to come get some of this, man. Woo. Why? What has happened? Oh, man, everything, man, God just really showed up. Well, that means he wasn't there if he showed up. Because if I show up at your house, I'm not there right now. What we should say is not God showed up. Man, the brother ought to take the platform right. He showed up. That's fantastic. Because if you think he is not with you, you get happy in the good times, you get sad in the bad times, and it's this roller coaster ride with God 
that is terrible. I did it for the longest of my faith, walking with Christ in faith. Oh, one minute you're high because everything's going great. One minute you're low because, man, I don't know what happened. But he's really with you throughout it all. So as I say this, I, you, I want you to understand you fit in with everybody. You're not alone, okay? I want you to think of this. Number one, if your life's not going the way that you had hoped right now, I want you to look up. Now, we're going to practice this right now. It's a very simple thing to do. If you can, physically, I want you just to look up right now. Now, it's hard for me because the lights are bright, but everybody look up at the ceiling. Maybe something you've never seen there before. Look up. Now, don't you find that interesting? Physically, you look up. I bet you spot something you never saw or have never looked at before. I wonder if it might be like the way with God. If we were to look up to God, I wonder what he might show us in every season that we walk in. But look up. If it's not going the way that you had hoped, look up and look up to God. And if you had bad days, man, get around some people to help remind you about the good days, about God and who he is. Because in his creation, there are only good days. Genesis says this in Genesis 131. God saw all that he had made and behold, it was very good. He never said he created bad stuff. We may have perverted it, we may have messed it up, and we went against his will or whatever, but God created it good. Male and female, he created them. He saw them and said they were good. He, that was the position before the fall of man. Everything was good. And God did not take that back just because of the fall and said, well, now everything's bad. When he creates something, the spoken word of God, when he says it's good, it's still good. It just needs to be redeemed. You know, you have to understand your life. You're deep down as a Christian, you may make mistakes, but what he created, the part of you that's him, the spirit part, that part of you, your flesh makes mistakes, yes, but the part of you is good. You have to believe that. That God created you with a good purpose and a plan and not something to hurt you. But understand this, that sometimes things happen to all of us that might steal our joy. It might be little things that irritate you. Could be your boss, could be a coworker, could be your car, I don't know, whatever it is. But I want you to look at this statement I have for you. It is not a reflection of God's absence or his presence because of what you go through. It is not a reflection. A reflection is something when you look in the mirror. If you look in the mirror and you tell me, well, because I'm going through difficulty, God's not there, I will tell you you're looking at the wrong mirror. He's there. You think God was with Joseph when he was thrown in the pit? You think God was with Joseph when he was accused of sexually harassing Potiphar's wife? When they accused him of basically raping her? You think God was still with him? Or was he not? See, because, I mean, listen, man, these are real things in life that happen. Real things. You didn't get a promotion because somebody lied about you. So you lost it because they made up a story that wasn't true and you lost that opportunity that was before you. You wanted it. You prayed about it. It was a good thing. It would have helped your family financially. You lost it because someone lied about you and made up a story. Is God still with you? He's he's with you. You cannot look at the blessing or the difficulty and determine whether he's with you or without. I've heard this so many times. People tell me this. Why is cutting about the million dollar thing? Pastor, if I win the million-dollar lottery, if I win that thing, you got no worries. And here's what I always wonder. Uh Uh-huh. 
If you're going to do that, I wonder if you're doing anything right now. Or if you're just waiting on this. Because if you're not doing anything now with the Lord, if you're not being generous right now with God, you're probably not going to be when you get that million dollar check. Once you see 50% get knocked off for taxes. You know, man, man, you know, I was going to give, but man, you know, the IRS pastor, the government takes so much. And I just, man, I'm just really having a hard time. Uh-huh. So now, was God with you with the IRS? You see what I'm saying, right? It can be a roller coaster of emotions, but it's not a reflection of God's absence or his presence. However, I will tell you this. It could be, if you're going through difficulty, it could be, though, a spiritual attack of the enemy. And always, it could be just sinuses, right? Let's just be honest. Can we be honest? You live in Rome, Georgia, Floyd County. It's like the capital of pollen. Y'all know? When I get outside of here, everything clears up. I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. As soon as I roll in. Hit 411 or whatever, man. It's almost like, I got up this morning, Julie Kay looked at me, and I looked at her, and she said, Dad, I got these little, what is this right here? I said, honey, it's called pressure. Sign. She said, do you have it? And I stepped out of the light, and I'm like, baby girl, <laughs> yeah, I got it. But it'll go away in a little bit. It'll be all right. She's like, man, it's for allergies. It could just be allergies. Get some nasocort. It might not be the devil. Get some nasocort to fix that problem. Stop fighting and praying and getting on your knees over allergies. Like, it's just so bad. Get some nasocort. It's amazing how all of a sudden, oh, Jesus, help me. Thank you, Lord. Nasocort could help. I'm just, that's, that's free right there. You know what I'm just saying? I'm not a medical guy, but that could help you. It certainly can't hurt. But I'm not, you could have a spiritual thing going on. John 10, 10 said, because the thief only comes to do one thing, steal, kill, and destroy. So if it's theft, if it's hurting you, if it's, trying to destroy your family it could be a spiritual attack it very well could be and i'm not i'm not saying don't pray over it pray over it get some people in this church to lock arms with you man and anoint you and just pray i don't know how to pray find somebody who can grab an elder grab some of these people at the end of church and just say listen pour your heart and just say man i don't know what to do i don't know if it's spiritual or natural but i just need prayer and and lay it before the lord because he's with you <clears throat> because the, fan, the plan of the Father, so I just wanted you to see these two things. The plan of the Father is good. The plan of the enemy is, is bad. And a simple theology will tell you this. If it's a good thing, then it's more than likely of the Lord. If it's causing pain and harm and destruction, it's probably the devil. could be natural circumstance from the fall of man, but it's certainly not God. You say, how can you be so sure? James says, Every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights. He gives wisdom, and he gives it abundantly and won't retract from you. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. God is good. He does good. Throughout the Proverbs, you'll see this. In the Psalms, you'll see this. He is good. God, you are good. Teach me your word. You are good, O Lord, in all of your ways. I mean, it's over and over throughout the Bible. So he's good. The devil is bad. If you can just get that, that'll help your theology right there. Psalms 5.3 says this in New King James. It says, watch this. My voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. That's prayer. In the morning I'll direct it. Just cry out to God, man. Man, I don't know what to pray for at times. I mean, I pray for things like with stuff going on with Israel. I don't know what to pray for. I got a friend over there going through tunnels trying to kill bad guys. You may think, well, that's a weird thing to have to pray about. I don't pray about that. I just pray God protect him, watch over him. I don't know how or why he has to do what he does. But I'm praying that you watch over him and protect him. 
One of his buddies literally got popped with a rifle right here, right beside him. This guy's a minister of the gospel. He's one of our ministry partners overseas in Israel. We, we have supported and done things with him, and we'll do it again. He's right beside a guy, gets shot. The guy lives because these idiots shoot with stupid guns, thank God. These, these jokers, they have nothing. I mean, they just get this stuff that's half of it's no good, thank God. And, and so he, the bulletproof vest was able to stop it. But right beside him. Now, I'm not going to say, but good prayer for him. Though it come near me, 10,000 shall fall on one side, 1,000 on the other, but it won't hit me. That's my prayer for him. I don't know if that's the best prayer or not. I don't know. I just cry out to God. God, watch over and protect him. Would you please help Israel? That's all I know to pray. Because God says, pray for the peace of Israel. But he says to us, I'll cry out to you, O Lord. I will direct my prayers to you, O Lord. And watch this. I will look up. And that word is interesting. It means I will hope in you. I will eagerly expect something from you. Like, I mean, to expect something from God again, to pray, to receive, to ask the Lord to do something. Psalms 130 and verse 5 says, I will wait for the Lord. My soul does wait. And in his word, I do hope. We'll put it on the screen for you. Psalm 130 and verse 5, just write it down, look at it. I will hope in your word, O Lord. Have faith and trust in your word. And the longer you look down about the day you're having... Or the problems that you got going on. Watch this. Man, I don't know what's wrong. This is terrible. This stinks. I don't like my dog. I wish I never got it. Just, you know, blah, 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 blah. It starts piling up on you, right? You know, you know what I'm saying? It's like this pancake thing. One bad thing, all of a sudden, and you look, and there's another bad thing. You know, then it's another one. And another one. And before long, this is all you're, you're hearing and seeing. And I just want you to see something. He tells us to look up. I'm going to look up. I mean, even when the Lord says, look up. Where does your deliverance come from? It doesn't come from here. You don't find anything down here. You're going to find it from God. So look up. And I'm, I'm going to say this. The less you speak to God about your days, the less chance, if you will, of him coming through from anything. The scripture tells us he is constantly listening to the prayers of his people. He's listening. Amen. And I mean, you might not know how to pray. Let me tell you, prayer is a difficult thing sometimes. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to, oh no, I'm just, you know, I just jump into my prayer closet and woo. I, I just, I'm so tired of fickle stuff that people say that the average person, most all of us say, I just don't get that. Because when I pray, I go to pray to the Lord. Sometimes it's just as bland and quiet as it can be. Like dry as toast. Like I don't feel him. Don't hear him. I wish he would do something so I'd know he's there. I know he's there based on scripture, but I'd love to feel him too. To know, you know what I'm saying? I do the same thing you do. Get tired. You know, you're like tired. All of a sudden you get hungry. You know, weird stuff happens when you start praying. Man, I'm going to pray to God and all of a sudden, oh man, I got to answer that phone call. Oh man. Weird stuff happens. With, why? To keep you from praying? Maybe. To get you distracted. But if you just hang in there long enough, it does get kind of peaceful. And it does start, if anything more than this, just peace settles over your heart. And you just begin to think, you know what, I can't do all things through Christ. It strengthens me. Yeah. Maybe it's not my situation that's so bad after all. Maybe I just need more strength from God. You know, when Joshua had to go into the battle of Jericho, 
when Joshua had to take the land, when others in Israel, when they had to do these different things, they were difficult, hard things. They weren't easy. God didn't just give it to them and say, well, here you go. You can just have everything. No, he had, they had their part. They had to go after it. They needed, what did God say? Joshua, be strong and courageous. Why would he say that? Because if you're not, you're going to be weak and afraid. You need those two things to overcome. Maybe right now in your situation, it's not that you need a new situation. Maybe you just need more strength, more courage to overcome the situation that you're in. It's possible. But where does that come from? It comes from God. So we got to call out to the Lord. Second thing I just want to say is this. I want you to look at other people. I had you raise your hands and do all that kind of stuff because I want you to see that you're not alone. And sometimes we're in a difficult season, we, we, can, we tend to isolate ourselves. Man, we get so by ourselves because we're afraid to talk about it. Because if we talk about it, it seems like it's a lack of faith. Well, if I tell you my situation, you might think I don't have enough faith. That's why I'm in the situation I'm in. Do you see the downward spiral of this? Well, I can't talk to a Christian because they're going to think I'm not as holy as them. And the very thing that James tells us to do, man, is get some brothers together, confess your thoughts to one another so that you might be healed. But I don't want to say anything because if I do, they're going to think I'm not a good person. See how the enemy works? And faults aren't sin in every case. Faults are, could be a difficulty, missing the mark, an obstacle. But man, he holds us in this captive place of, I can't say anything because I'm not strong enough Christian. No one is a strong enough Christian. No one is ever at that place where they do not need someone. All of us need someone. That's why we have the body of Christ. But get around some other people and help them lift, let them lift you up and strengthen you as well. Encourage you in the, in the Lord. And I'll say this. It's kind of funny. I thought of this one day. You know, when, this is not going to help, but it's kind of funny. Um, when you see other people that are going through a more difficult circumstance than you, like, if it makes you feel good and you're like, well, at least I don't have it that bad. You know, it's, my stuff's bad, but man, that's real bad. If that kind of lifts you up, that's your wrong, <laughs> that's the wrong motivation, okay? <laughs> Looking at someone else's difficulties and making you happy, you can't do that. I mean, for a moment, okay, maybe it's like, well, you know, I mean, but don't, you, that, you can't do that, okay? So what do I do when I'm going through difficulty, or what if I do if someone else is going through difficulty? Let me say this, how do you help other people in their time of need? What if somebody comes to you and says, man, will you help me? You know, it's not always financial stuff that doesn't always help people. It's not always giving stuff that helps people. Sometimes it's conversation and prayer and time with the Lord. So I don't always use uh, the message, but I'm going to use it today. Just because of the way it says this. I, I, it's not my, it's, I want to say this about it real quick. So the message Bible, it's not a translation. So if you use it, fine. Just understand you're reading a one person's interpretation of scripture. So just, it's not a, it's not a theological basis for doctrine. It's a fun thing to read. Make sense? It doesn't even fit in a thought for thought. This is, and the guy who wrote it, he'll tell you, he never dreamed it would be taken literally as it is. It was meant to encourage in reading the Bible and getting good uh, um, ideas. Okay. Like I'm going to do here. But if you're going to read and study, this is not the one you want to take to your library to break down, okay? Because it's not going it, to, it's, it's just, a, it's a paraphrase, okay? Anyway, so, but this one I think is really good. This is Romans 12, 11. Um, and so this is what the message uh, reads as. It says, don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. 
As Jesus said to those who, make sure you, your lamp's got some oil in them, right? Keep yourselves fueled in a flame. Be alert, servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. That means have hope. Don't quit in hard times. So can I just take a moment here? If he says don't quit in hard times, that means you might face some hard times. Don't quit on the Lord. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. I don't know how to pray. Well, man, I don't get after it harder. I mean, if you're going to work out in the gym and you got stuck at like 110, and you're, and you're sitting there going, I can't do any more. And if you're with other guys around you, I promise you, they're not going to let you go with 110. Well, I can just barely get up. Them brothers are going to say, let's go. Come on. Get the bar. Let's do it. And then once you get that help, oh, oh thank you. They're going to load it with something else. Bow, bow. All right, now we're going 125. I can't do 125. Yes, you can. Let's go. Before you even know it, they got it off the rack and it's on you. Why? Because they know there's more in you than what you think of yourself. And that's a physical thing. Imagine what God thinks about you spiritually. There's more in you than what you even imagine. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Be inventive in hospitality. Man, that's, that means, that's pretty cool. Be creative in how you, you know, have hospitality towards people. And then he says, bless your enemies. Oh, man. Seriously? Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Like, we say, like, don't use foul language, but what about the ones that no one hears you say? Well, it's right. You, for sure, right? I mean, because we've all been like, hmm. Yeah, I feel better now. Like, I mean, that, 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 can't, we, we can't do that to, to, to people that hurt us. No cursing on your breath. Then he says this, watch, guys. Laugh with your happy friends. You know who they are. They're always happy. They walk in like rolled up today happy. They just get out of bed. Their bed's happy. Like their room's happy. The house starts playing like happy music. I don't know. It just, they're naturally wired with a smile. And if you're naturally not, if you're more melancholy like, you know, look, man, can you just give me five minutes? Can you give me an hour? I need a moment to myself. If that's you when you wake up, you need to get around some happy people. They need to rub off on you a little bit. It's just important, right? So laugh with people. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. And then it says also, even happy people sometimes shed tears. Share tears when they're down. It means in the Bible, it says you know, when they're happy, man, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And then he says, get along with each other. That's always fun. Get along with each other. Hey, then I have this, the verse of scripture we always go back to in this is, as far as it is with me, live at peace with everyone. That means I'll, I, I'm going to do my part as far as it is with me, right? But because of love, I'm also not going to let you run over me either. You'll see the balance of it. I'm going to love you, yes, but you're not going to just, you know, run over me like a bull. I'm sorry, I ain't. You picked the wrong cat. I don't do that. I love you, but respect goes both ways. Right? I mean, you understand, right? I mean, just respect. So <clears throat> get along with each other. As far as it is with you, live in peace with everyone. Don't be stuck up. <laughs> I love that. Uh, make friends with nobodies. That's cool. That means if you have, and sometimes people don't realize this, if you have 
this ability to influence people, if you have this, this thing where people just look up to you naturally, you may not even realize it, but if you have that, man, people who think they're nobodies, if you talk to them, you just like made their year. It's, it's crazy how one word from somebody sometimes can just change a person's uh, day. So don't be, in all of this, don't be the great somebody. Isn't that cool? I mean, it's, it's a different way of reading it, but one more time. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. And don't be the great somebody. I love that. That's so cool. You know, it's the basics of compassion for people is really what he's talking about there. Sometimes they don't need a Bible verse. I mean, to be honest with you, sometimes they don't need a Bible verse. There are verses that tell us this. Like James says, confess your faults one another. So you might be, sometimes you need a friend. Sometimes they don't need you to give them more scriptures. Like they may already know the scriptures. Sometimes they just need a friend to say, hey, I, I, man, can you help me get through this right now? So <clears throat> be there for others in the same way you'd want them to be there for you. This is one of those, uh, I guess it's no longer tweeting. It's whatever it's called now. Whatever, the Twitter thing used to be 144 characters or less. Jesus tells us this. It's, it's tweetable, postable, whatever you want to call it. In Luke 6, treat others the same way you want them to treat you. Treat others the same way you want them to treat you. Treat others the same way you want them to treat you. I'll say it again. Treat others the way that you want them to treat you. I'm going to say it again for those who didn't hear me. Treat others the way that you want them to treat you. That's what we tell our kids. The world calls it the golden rule. It's actually the words of Jesus. Treat them the way you want to be treated. Everyone deserves dignity. Everyone deserves respect. Everyone deserves a simple gesture of, hi, how are you? Good to see you, et cetera, et cetera. It's called respect. Even if I disagree with them 100% on what they believe. Respect should be among all. I don't have to agree with you at all. That's the funny thing. And you don't have to agree with me at all. We could completely disagree on the thing at hand, and I can still have respect for you. That's something I understand about the culture of politics at all. And I'm not, I'm closing up here. I'm closing shop, really. I am. Right? But it's a funny thing to me how these are supposed to be the most intelligent people you'd think that run up to the top that lead the nation. And yet when you put them up on the platform, they act like a bunch of bullies to each other. And I got no, I look at it and I go, they have zero respect for each other whatsoever. And part of it is because our culture created it. It's almost like, in some sense, we want to see it. And I often think like, man, did they do this in the cabinet room? I mean, could you imagine, oh, we got a nuclear threat and they're acting like this? It's all for show. And I wonder sometimes I see that and I go, man, I wonder how many obstacles you've really had in life if you're going to act like that to each other. I mean, I could disrespect completely with you. I don't want to have this. Okay, great. Fantastic. I do. Yeah, but you're an idiot. You're going to say whatever you want to say. Get, go ahead and get out of your system. 
Why do you have, why the back and forth? No respect. This is a, this is a list of things. I want you to hear this. <clears throat> this is a list of things. You're talking about obstacles in life. This is a politician. And I'm not about, this is not about politics today at all. But the last thing I want to share with you today is to be able to look beyond today. Sometimes when you're in the thing you're in right now, it's hard to even see out of it. But you got to look ahead and look beyond what you see right now. This is from a politician that you would all probably know him. Uh, he is many uh, considered probably the most favorite president of all time, uh, outside of maybe I think most all time is would be Abraham Lincoln, given what was accomplished under his watch. And of course, there's things today where you can dig around and find stuff, and people would say, "Oh, he was." I just am so sick of hearing it all. You know, there's enough facts on the table that would show when he was president, uh, the breakup of slavery and 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 the Emancipation Proclamation, everything that happened under his watch was one of the most amazing things that ever happened in our country. It really was. Against all odds. But if you look back in his life, you'd see a man who was always against odds. That maybe the things that was against him prepared him for the opposition he was going to have to take on slavery. Sometimes we don't understand what happened over here, and I'm not saying God did it. Abuse, if you come out of an abusive situation, God's not in that stuff. But I'm saying if you had a difficult boss who hated your guts, he didn't abuse you, but he hated you or she hated you, lied about you, and you went through some difficulty, and then you went through another difficulty, it was one that, you know, you, you struggled with your education. It was hard. You had to pay for it all. You didn't get a free ride. Or maybe... You got over here and you had to get some help in your marriage. You had to strengthen your marriage because it was, you know, you, were, you had conflict, but you, you got it through that. And then over here, maybe you had a kid that wasn't what you thought was going to be. So you had some difficulty there and you had to work through some stuff with them. But you got that figured out. And now you're over here at this spot right now. And you might look back on that and say, I've had difficulty after difficulty after difficulty. But let me tell you, let me give you some Abraham Lincoln's difficulties. Before he became president, in 1816, he had to work to support his family after they were forced out of their home. In 1818, his mom died. 1831, he failed in business. 1832, he was defeated for legislature. 1832, in the same year, he lost his job and couldn't get into law school. 1833, he declared bankruptcy and spent the next 70 years of his life paying off the money he borrowed from friends to start his business. 1834, we ain't got this brother, you understand? This is, he's had a rough go. 1834, he was defeated again for legislature. In 1835, his fiance, who he loved dearly, died. He was heartbroken. In 1836, he had a nervous breakdown and spent the next six months in bed. In 1838, he was defeated in becoming the speaker of the state legislature. Now, in these same years, he did actually become certain things, but these were the ones he tried and he failed in. In 1840, he was defeated in becoming an elector. In 1843, he was defeated for Congress. In 1846, he was defeated for Congress again. In 1848, he was defeated for Congress again. Brother ain't quit. He, he's like, I'm going to keep trying. 1849, he was rejected for the job of land officer in his home state. 1854, he was defeated for Senate. 1856, he was defeated for vice president. He got less than 100 votes. I mean, that's terrible. 
1858, he was defeated for Senate for the third time. Third time. 1860, he was elected president of the United States. And I wonder, and yes, his life was cut short, and it's a tragic thing to see, but I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, if you had had one of these little milk toast people, little wishy-washy flipper floppers, got no backbone about them at all, you understand? They got backbone like a fish stub, one like a crowbar, you know what I'm saying? They're just flip floppers. I wonder what would happen if they'd been in this situation and slavery come on their desk. There are some things I'm telling you, and I'm not talking about abuse, I'm not talking about things, I'm talking about sickness, I'm not talking about those things that are, are, that come at us. That is not of God. But I'm saying sometimes, man, you go through things over here that prepared you to get to here. Joseph was a spoiled little brat. He had the best coat in the house. He was a spoiled brat. And he, he didn't know it. He was the great somebody. But his brothers knew it and they hated him for it. So Joseph being a spoiled brat, wonder how great he would be at taking care of people. Because he's all about himself. So he's sold into slavery. Thrown in a pit. Works for Potiphar. He no longer is the great somebody. He has to serve other people. He's forced to feed people. He's forced to learn. He's forced to understand a new culture, Egyptian language, et cetera, et cetera. He gets to all this place. He's lied about because he has purity in heart and would not, he would not give in to the advances of Potiphar's wife. He, because of his purity and his refusal to do it, now he's accused of something he did not do. Put in jail, was forgotten by one of the people he helped to inform them of their future. And later on, because of a crisis, now he's called upon out of the jail to help. Which tells me one thing. You cannot look at what you go through to determine if God's with you. God can find you even if you're in jail. That's where he was. You, you don't have to base your circumstance on whether God's with you or not. He is with you. In Psalms 84, it says this, and I'm going to close out. I'm going to ask, uh, Bruce, you can come on up. Psalm 84 and verse 10, it says, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand outside. I'd rather stand at the threshold of the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. It means this. It means, doggone it, sometimes if you have to stand for something, just stand for it. God will be with you. He'll be with you in it. Even if they accuse you, lie about you, and say all kind of mean things about you, he's still going to be with you. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord gives grace and he gives glory. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk up rightly. It just simply means, not talking about you make mistakes, we all make mistakes. But it means you have this, this persona about you, righteousness, you want to do the right thing. You, you want to stand up for God. We talk about this all the time. It's such a popular phrase. Well, church needs to stand up. Church needs to stand up. Well, stand up then. But what, what do we want? What do you want? The pastors to do it? I don't understand the statement. Let's stand up. Well, church needs to stand up. Well, stand up. When you're on your job, if you want to pray, my Lord, if, if every other religion gets exemptions, why can't you? I mean, God forbid Ramadan hits. And, whoa, we freak out. We don't even want to say it. That hits and no one dares touch it. It's holy. They better leave that alone. Well, what happens if you as a Christian? If you say, hey, man, it's Passover this week. 
My Lord and Savior, this is the week he died, was resurrected, and rose again from the grave, and I need a moment. Well, I can't say that. They'll fire me. If they do, I'm, try, I'm not trying to get off track, but if they do, the, the, our Bill of Rights backs you up. You have the freedom of religion. You can say some things. You don't have to be mean about it. But if everybody else is lining up and getting a day, I understand why we don't. Okay, don't like that? Thought we wanted to stand up. Okay, all right, cool. Sit down then. Y'all get what I'm saying though, right? If you want to stand up, then stand up. Stop talking about it. I'm tired of hearing about it. Stand up, stand up, stand up. Well, stand up. Do it. Get involved with it. If you're tired of it, you, maybe God's calling you to run for office. Man, I'd back you up in a heartbeat. I'd love to see some people of faith get in there. I mean, just be ready. Because they're going to lie about you. Because you're a Christian, they'll make up all kind of bad stuff about you. They'll drag your name through the dirt. So be ready. If you do it, be willing to go through it all. But stand up for it if that's what God wants you to do. Anyway, sorry, side note. Um, if you have a bad day, don't let it define you. Let me just say this. If you have a bad week, don't let that define you. If you had a bad year, don't let that define you. For God is with you. He is with you right now. And Lamentation says this in three, Lamentation 3.22. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never ceases. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. So whether you woke up on the happy side of bed or the not so happy side of bed, they're new every day. For great is your faithfulness. For the Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him. Have hope in him. This morning, as we pray, I, I wanted to, I know I've talked a little bit about politics. It's not like I wanted to get off on that. I intentionally talked about a few things for this reason. The hope that we have should be in the Lord first. It cannot be in elected officials. It cannot be in the government of the United States of America. I love the nation. I love what we're founded on. I, I love the Constitution. I love all the things that, man, it's a place of freedom. It's a place where people can come. They should be able to come. We should have open arms and be able to help welcome people in. It shouldn't be a place of such great division and fighting like it is right now, but it, but it is. But it should be the place where I think the dream of those that went back all throughout the years. I mean, Martin Luther King Jr. had a dream. Go back, Lincoln had a dream. Go back, Washington had a dream. All these people had dreams. They dreamed that this place would be a place where they could come and you could have a freedom of religion. You think what I talked about, if you think that was strong, you should have been present 200 years ago. In the church, they would have talked about much more. They would have had said, okay, we're done preaching now. We finished our message. Uh, we'd love for you to stay after for the next hour. We're going to discuss how we're going to change some things. They didn't look at their watch and say, well, I wish you'd hurry up, Pastor. We got to go. I'm going to say this, and I don't want to make anybody mad, but it might be the reason why we got some issues is we're too quick to want to get out of church. I mean, you know, I got to go. You're, you're burning my time. Well, I didn't think it was your time anyway. I thought God was in control. I mean, I'm not trying to hold you over. I'm just saying those are the kind of things right there I think sometimes we have to stop and look at and go, well, 
man, I, you know, my, my kid needs to learn more about the Bible. That's great. But we only get them 25 minutes out of the week. So what do you, what do you want from us? You understand? It's, it's a real issue. There's some real spiritual issues going on, but there's a real issue in Christianity that's much deeper than what we see, I think, out there. But we're supposed to hope in God first. So this morning, I don't know what your situation is, but I want to tell you this. Your government's not the solution. You pray for them. Pray for the leaders. Pray for the president. Pray for the leaders. But they're not your solution. God is. And so I'm going to pray for you this morning. And I don't know what your situation is right now. I don't know what your need is. But if you have one, which I'm sure some of you do, I'm going to ask our prayer ministry team. They're going to come down front. They'll be available for you. But I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. All right? And as I do, I want you to lay that, whatever that is, before the Lord right now. And if he wants you to get prayer after church, I want you to come down here and let them pray for you. So as they come, you guys can come on down, the prayer team. As they're coming, I'm going to pray for you. So close your eyes, bow your head just for a moment as they come down and prepare. Lord, in Jesus' name, I come before you. Lord, first of all, God, I acknowledge, Lord, if there's anything, Lord, that I've said that's just me. God, my soapbox, anything that's not of you, God, you didn't want. I just pray in Jesus' name, Lord, help people hear the words that you wanted them to hear today. Help them hear your words, God, your ministry, your anointing, your gifting, Lord, not mine. Not anything of me, Lord, but it be you that they hear. Right now, in Jesus' name, we come before you and we just put that need out here, Lord. So whatever the need is, maybe you just hold your hands out before the Lord open-handed. Maybe it's you got that thing in your mind, whatever it is. And right now, in Jesus' name, God, you see what they're faced with. You see the obstacle. You see the situation. You see the need, whatever it might be, Lord. For those who need courage right now, in Jesus' name, I speak courage into you. I speak courage over you. Be strong, mighty man of God. Be strong, mighty woman of God. Be filled with strength today and courage of the Lord to do what God's called and asked you to do. Be strong, be strong, be strong. Stand up for God. Stand up for what he wants you to do. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. If you're here today and you have a financial need or you're here and you have some kind of a a physical need or you have some kind of a need that is outside of human uh, ability to meet right now and you don't see any other way, in Jesus' name, God, I pray for them and I lift them up to you right now, Lord. You see what that is. Holy Spirit, I pray in Jesus' name that you would move in their life, that they would see your movement. God, that they would see your hand in Jesus' name. Maybe today, even a phone call. Maybe this week, someone calls them. In Jesus' name, I pray. Whatever it is, God, would you open up the door for them? Maybe it's just a crack. Maybe just enough they could see, God, the next thing that you're trying to do in their life. Whatever that need is physically or financially, or it just can't be met by humans. Lord, they need your intervention right now. God, we ask you to rest on them in Jesus' name. We ask you to move in a mighty, mighty way in their life. God, we ask for healing right now for those who might be sick. In Jesus' name, you promised us, you gave us to you in your word, that by your stripes that we would be healed. The healing is the children's bread. Lord, you promised to heal all of our bones. God, you promised to make us, that our youth would be renewed like the eagles. God, I pray for those in here right now physically need you to move in jesus name i'm asking you to move lord may your healing touch touch their lives their bodies their families in jesus mighty name lord most of all pray lord if there's anybody here that doesn't know you i pray today that they would acknowledge you as savior so with your eyes closed and no one's looking around right now i just want to pray for you if you're here and you say pastor jody i do not know if i'm saved but i'm struggling day to day I can't, I I think I am, but I'm not sure. Or maybe you just say, I don't think I am at all. 
but you're here this morning. I believe there's some of you here that are. And maybe this is the thing you were waiting to hear today. There's some of you here right now and you're struggling. You might be saved, but the enemy has told you a lie and you're believing you don't know if you are a Christian or not. I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now that you can know for sure God's word tells us this, that you will be saved. So before we pray, listen to me with your eyes closed. The scriptures say this, that if a man or woman, if they confess the Lord Jesus as Lord, then you shall be saved. It says that if you believe in your heart that Jesus came as a human, if you believe in your heart that he died and he rose again, if you believe that he was resurrected, it says this, if you believe in your heart those things and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you shall be saved. So that's what we're going to do right now. Because I'm telling you, I just, I just, by the Holy Spirit, I just know there's, there's one or two of you in here right now, specifically one I know. I don't know who you are, but I just, I, I know, I know, I know, and you need to pray this prayer. So just repeat this with me, and the whole church is going to pray with you right now. Say, Dear Jesus, I come to you today, and I acknowledge you as my Lord and my Savior. And I ask you today to forgive me and to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I receive you as my Savior. And I know today that I am saved. Thank you for saving me. I am grateful that I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer, we're so proud of you, right, church? Would you give my hand right now? Listen, Gary's going to come up and close out. Um, the prayer ministry team's here, and so uh, he'll tell you how to move forward with that. But specifically, if you pray that prayer, here's what I want you to I don't know who you are, but I know sometimes the Lord gives me that, sometimes not. I haven't had that in a while, but there's somebody here, I don't know who you are, but you came in, you were questioning whether or not you were saved. You're struggling with it. And you might have been saved, but the reason I did it three times like that is so you could hear yourself say it again and again. No, I am saved. I am saved. Matter of fact, look at the person sitting right beside you right now and tell them, I'm saved. Now look at the other person was your second choice, I guess. Look at them now and say, I'm saved. Tell them. Look, it's important. You say it with your mouth. I I don't know who you are, but I want you to come down. Gary's going to dismiss. I want you to come down and tell one of these individuals right here. Why, Pastor Jody? It's important that you tell someone, I prayed that prayer. I know I'm saved, but I want you to know it. Don't let the enemy confuse you or lie to you anymore about that, okay? So if that's you, you just come down with Gary, will dismiss and tell you how. But uh, just welcome Gary up here right now as he closes out for you. Thank you. Thanks, Gary. Thank you, Pastor. You know, prayer sometimes can be so simple. Um, sometimes we make it so complex. We think that we don't have the right words or everything else. Um, I was just thinking this week, I had the sweetest prayer prayed over me. Our little three-year-old grandson, I've been moaning and groaning with this pinched nerve thing down my leg and he's been noticing and I'm sitting down on the couch and moaning and he comes over to me, lays his hand on there, says, God, please make Boz's leg feel better in Jesus' name. And I look, if I don't get another prayer the rest of my life, it's the sweetest prayer I've ever had prayed over me. So I tell you, these folks that are up here have that same heart of prayer. So if that is you today, make sure you come up after service. Let one of these folks know um, that you are saved and that we want to be here as a church to help you. Anything we can do to support you 
in your Christian walk, we want to be there for you. So please take advantage of these folks today after service. Um, a couple things to remind Jeff. Thank you so much for your giving. Um, if you're new here, we don't pass a plate around, but there's different ways you can give online. You can text to give. There's offering boxes uh, as you exit here that you can drop offering in there as well. So thank you so much. You saw the pictures that were up there for the first responders and the police and the firemen. We do that because of your generosity every year. We've done that for many years now, and that's because of what you guys do to give to bless those folks. So thank you for doing that. I want to remind you that um, Catch the Vision is next week. Uh, we do that the first Sunday of every month. If you're new here, you want to find out a little bit about what makes Cornerstone Cornerstone and how you can become a part of it. Bring your gifts on board with what we're doing here. Um, sign up for that online. We'd love to have you there. So if you'd stand, we're going to send you out with the Lord's blessing out of numbers. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you, give you his peace. We have a lot to be thankful for. See you next week. We hope you were blessed by today's message. If so, feel free to pay it forward and share this podcast with someone else. Thanks for listening.